Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. The show didn't really have much good drama. There were some good episodes, I'll grant. But um, it wasn't, uh, it, there were a lot of dumb episodes too. And I feel like a, a lot of the episodes were dumb. And the show never really went anywhere with the characters. They didn't really have any good character interactions. I, some of the characters individually I like. You know, I like Janeway, I like Chakotay, I like Tom Paris. I like Harry Kim. You know, I like a lot of the characters, but I don't think that their interactions were so interesting. Uh, Neelix was annoying as hell. I hate Neelix. I want him to die. He wasn't funny at all. He's the Jar Jar Binks of Voyager. Hello, and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutiae. I'm Jeremy, here with uh, Benji, and with uh, a very special guest, Sam. And I hear... Sam! Sam! I hear you also have a guest. Yes. I, I Not oh, only am I a very special guest, guest, but I have brought a very special guest with me. Um, and she is my wife, Meira. Hi. Say hi, say hi Meira. Hello. 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 Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for well, having me. Welcome it. to the podcast that I am the guest of. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it, it's been kind of empty without you. I'm not gonna lie, you know. So it's it's good to hear your voice. It's good to have you around. You know, it's just I I've been asking Jeremy like, when is Sam gonna come back to the you know make a little guest appearance on the podcast? And Jeremy's like. Soon enough, Benji. Soon enough. <laughs> now, digitally past my head. I have gotten at least one request from somebody, basically our podcast number one fan, if we're to do a Star Wars podcast. But I believe yeah. I'm the only one to have seen it. Oh, now, you're saying for the the latest Star Wars movie? Yeah. Now yes. I will tell you, um, it will. And I have not seen it yet. It's supposed to be yeah. on Disney Plus tomorrow, which is May the fourth, etc. Because May the Fourth be with you, uh, and so right, on. Right, it's Star right. Wars Day, and you know we I could mean, talk down. about it there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I saw it. You know, I went to see it. Um, I went to you know wrote a review. I took uh, our friend Daniel to go, and it was uh, kind of disappointing. But you know, it was just interesting because last year I really loved Endgame, and yeah. as sort of like. The culmination well, we of things, and right. the Star Wars as culmination, yeah, not so much. But so we're going to be doing instead a different sci-fi universe today, which is Star Trek, and the subject of our podcast will be Star Trek Voyager. So welcome everyone to the Star Trek Voyage Cast. And Should we do the, yeah. the song. The doo, 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 doo. Is that Voyager? No, that's Next that Generation. Generation. No, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, do you remember how it goes? Because Deep Space Nine is like dum dum, do 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 do, like that. Do, yeah, do, Deep do. Space Nine theme is very boring. <laughs> well, it's broody, it's introspective, you know that kind of it's thing. Boring. You know the. That's right. That's right. And uh, the Wait, theme. I when, when I was pregnant with our daughter. Okay. We should add an intro song to this episode just so that we think we're singing that. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. We really had it. We had it memorized, and we also we um, inculcated our child with it because when she was in the womb, 
we uh, watched Voyager every single night. <laughs> well, that makes so perfect lullaby, sense. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. sort of a lullaby. You can turn it yeah. into you gotta, a You got to start young. Yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. That Pavlovian response. Right. So, yeah, the theme of original, you know, the original one is classic sci-fi, you know, stuff. And then, you know, Enterprise was a terrible pop song. Um, and then I believe after that was Discovery, which okay. is a takeoff of, it's sort of a, it's a mutation of the original series theme. And then there's Picard, which is a takeoff on Next Generation theme. So, and I'm going to posit something without having seen every single thing after Voyager. I'm going to posit something that, of course, I could be proven wrong from, but I still kind of feel confidently about this. I feel like Voyager was the last Star Trek thing that was worthwhile. Hmm. Uh, Wait, I don't know last, about that. The last Star Trek theme or thing? Of any uh, thing. Installment, installment of it totally. However, this comes from me not seeing basically any of Enterprise, none of Discovery, none of Picard, and like <laughs> two, of the, two, two of the movies that came afterwards. I don't know. I just there you know, are some episodes. Oh, but it makes I'm me so curious. happy that you say that, because I love Voyager and it's my favorite Star Trek by far. But Picard, Picard is interesting. Um, I, I do think Voyager is much better. Yeah. But well, I have seen more Star Trek than any of you. Yes. But yes. that you know that also includes not good Star Trek too. Um, I've seen, you know, all, not all the movies, but all the new ones, the J Jumps, plus the newest one that you didn't do, but it was terrible. They're all pretty bad. Uh, did, you know, did you like Discovery? Is it Discovery or Discovery? I always Discovery. Think. Did I like it? I thought it was okay. And it was one of these I'm things where my opinion, the but... pilot of Discovery is garbage. It is. We yeah, stopped after we the watched pilot. the pilot yeah. and we just didn't want to see any more after that. But I will say every other episode is better than that. Uh, and I, it's, it goes up and down over the course of the show. And there are definitely characters I like and characters I do not like. But there are, you know, it's one of those things where it's like it gets a little, you know, up its own, uh, you know, arse, as they say. I think mm -hmm. uh, Picard suffers from that a little bit, too. I feel yeah. like it gets like the final episode. I was like, mm. there's like yeah. one really. I don't know. Have you seen all of Picard? Yes. Yes. yes we saw all of the okay. first season of Picard. So without spoiling it, the last episode has like a very touching moment that is completely then screwed over. Like right yeah. away, and it's kind yeah. of oh, yeah, infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and it's like, it's like I know that it's sort of annoying because it's like I know you're capable of so much better than what you're actually doing, and that's yeah. what's yeah. annoying because like like Michael Chabon and other people behind it, it's just that also Kiwa Goldsman is still there, and no offense to him, but he's terrible and he's never been a good writer. Yeah, Don't forget Batman and Robin. Uh -huh. uh, he won an Oscar oh. for A Beautiful Mind. Oh really? But. Uh, <laughs> I would call that a fluke, and also it wasn't a good movie. But it's yeah, just one of those. It's just one of these things where he's he uh, has been involved with uh, Star Trek for a while, unfortunately. So uh -huh. he isn't but like not, the main. Not Voyager, right? I mean, no, 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 no. He wasn't involved anyway. with Voyager. But one enough, of the things I mean, enough that's... about Discovery and Picard. Right. Let's, let's talk about Voyager. I so I the interesting to, thing. I sort of set the frame of also why I think it might be good yeah. to talk about Voyager, but. Well, the there is a history of Voyager, and then there's a history of Voyager with us. And the history with us is that for a while, I was the only one who had seen all of it, 
And then for a little while, I was the only one who defended it among us. When we had our classic defended episode about four or so years ago, one of them was Sam arguing in disfavor of Voyager and me, Correct. who was defending it. Now, I wasn't saying yeah. it so as my back favorite. This goes to Punches Nerd history. Nerd vs. Lore. Yeah. It's almost as controversial as the Lost podcast. You know, <laughs> we, who knows right. where that went? I don't even know what we talked about. But. I, I know. I don't remember what we talked about in the last podcast either. That's just uh, here. I just click you in. Our second podcast ever. Um, no. There was some problem with the audio and it like didn't get recorded. Oh, so right. like it was just lost to, you know, um, hmm? the, the internet. Anyway, I think we talked the about the Avengers. And I'm, I'm now we Sam don't admitted that he loved about. Voyager, but he was embarrassed that he loved like it. The, and, uh, yeah. and so it conveniently got lost. So I think yeah, we, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The history of Voyager on this podcast is a while back, I, I said that I didn't like Voyager and I explained why, and Jeremy defended it, and he explained why he thought it was good. And since then, I rewatched Voyager. And now I'm like totally in the tank for Voyager, yeah. and I think it's great. I think it's my favorite Star Trek series. Like I've completely flipped 180 degrees. Um, but you must have flipped before you showed it to me, you know? Um, because so can I just give my background oh, here yes, for a second? Yes, please. I I grew up not having seen any Star Trek. I was like my family was completely Star Wars family. Not that you have to be one or the other, but just. I never watched any Star Trek. And when we were married, Sam was like, I have to introduce you to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the show we should start with is Voyager because you're going to like it the best. And I loved Voyager so much that it slightly ruined a lot of other Star Trek for me. Although I still mm-hmm. appreciate, you know, TNG and DS9. But um, but how would you, like, had you flipped before you showed it to me? Because no, you were so I, enthusiastic when you... I Because even though I kind of thought it was bad, I still thought that you would like it the best. Yeah. Just well, because of, right. like, for, like, <laughs> aesthetic <laughs> right. reasons. Um, but the more I watch it, the more I was like, you know, I really like this show. It really, um, yeah. it ages really well. Well, I will tell you, it's interesting because um, you're kind of in the minority about that. Most people, can, other than the newest <laughs> stuff, uh, find Voyager to be subpar. And a lot of people really are against it. Now, it's also, you have to keep in mind, there are very strident, strident people who hate a lot of aspects of it. And specifically Janeway has been someone who has been hated since the show came out. Yeah. Can you explain to me why? Because I got into like a few Facebook discussions, discussions about this with some uh, very intense Star Trek fans. Well, I think there are reasonable arguments and unreasonable ones. Yeah. Because the only arguments that I heard were a, she shouldn't have stranded them in the Delta Quadrant, which I'm just like, okay. I mean, that's the premise of the show is guys. Like, whatever. I I mean, I also like, she's a woman. And I'm like, I also don't know. I think that's probably what it was to begin with. I mean, it might've, it might've been, it might've been some other stuff like you were saying, like Delta Quadrant and like, um, and, and also like, and this is why I like the show, but it's like she she was like it, it, like like she was like a version of Picard in a way. I feel yeah. like like and so I think maybe you know you know Picard is like you know it's a it's a a, a like a like a sacred character. So yeah. I, mean, I feel like anyway, is... this was a lesser version. And DS Nine like Cisco like sort of, but again since it's stationary, like mm-hmm. Voyager really kind of is an extension of like of like next generation sort of yeah. stuff. Yes, and in out. fact that was oh, entirely yeah. the point. It was meant to be the new flagship, right. no pun intended, of the Star Trek, you know, canon. Like they, 
had Deep, don't forget Deep Space Nine and Voyager were on at the same time. It was kind of like staggered. As uh, TNG was ending in its final season, the first season of DS9 happened, and they had a little crossover where you know Picard kind of came on. It was all about like the Borg attack was sort of the setup for Deep Space Nine, and then after TNG ended, a little while after that is when Voyager started, so that DS9 had already begun. It wasn't. It wasn't a little while after. It was like the right. next year. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't. Yeah, you know, it, it was, was like, you know, I. DS9 started like towards the end of, of Next Generation, and then like immediately as soon as Next Generation ended, Voyager started. So Voyager also had the better ratings between Deep Space Nine and Voyager. So for a while, more people were watching Voyager, but but there were people who were much harder fans of Deep Space Nine, partially because it wasn't watched as much. So like you know mm -hmm. people who were much more like proud of like saying I'm watching this thing, and I think part of it is because it had like these like it had very like strong fans and felt like. You know, they're really trying to do interesting things with the continuity and everything. And I could say that there are things about Voyager that are more annoying to me and not, but we can get into a little bit of that later. But I will say, for me with Janeway, that the things that I like about her character are mainly about personal interactions with people. And the things I dislike are about command decisions that she makes. And a lot of the times I feel like when I was watching these episodes, it's like, hmm, I don't really like, like, how, you know, I felt like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like that decision. It didn't really, it felt like it was kind of cruel or d didn't have as much empathy. Whereas, like, when she was actually dealing with people, that was much more interesting to me. Then it felt more like a real person. And I think part of the thing that you might say, well, is it unfair? Like, is if she was a guy doing the same things, you know, and I don't think I would think so. I mean, definitely... I feel for me, it wouldn't make it a difference because I felt like Archer, for example, from Enterprise was much worse. His decision, he wasn't good command wise and he wasn't good at interpersonal stuff either. So he was like kind of failing on everything. So, so for me, later in the discussion, I'd love to hear examples of that because like, I, I actually, I think she made really good command decisions and I think most of her command decisions were like specifically stemming from almost excess empathy, which is what a lot of the people who argued with me on Facebook were kind of pointing to. They were like, screw the Ocampa, who cares about the Ocampa, like that kind of thing. Um, and I was just like, this feels very... In that wasn't an issue I had. In line yeah. with, it was, with it was there, these tended to be like particular episodes of things, because the truth is a lot of the episodes are like, whatever. We'll get into that, I think, I think it's a good category maybe to start with, talking about like, talking about the different characters specifically yeah. that might be a good way to describe the conversation well, after our intro game so after, for, yeah. after our little yeah so um, that's how know, we're going to start around. so yeah. we always like to start episodes with a little bit of a hypothetical question of some sort now today's question of course is going to be about voyager which is this if you could take any character on voyager and exchange them with a character from a different star trek show who would it be and there are no restrictions on who you can pick, basically. So yes, you can pick a very, you know, one of the pigmen from the first Q episode, you know, if you really want. That has no, that just like, you know, they go and they just like, and they stabbed Worf, you know, if you really want. I mean, it's a terrible choice, but you can pick it. So we're gonna start with but Mr. You can't do Wesley. Is the is the is the is the uh, is that his name? Wesley? Is that his name? It is his yeah. name. Wesley is banned, right? No, Wesley <laughs> is not banned. You can pick Wesley if you oh, want. No. I don't have a problem with that. You just can't pick Sheldon Cooper from The Big Bang Theory. He is not a Star Trek character. 
All right, so Benj, what is yours? Um, so I'd swap out Harry Kim and Tom Paris. I had to look up Tom Paris because I called him the other guy in my <laughs> notes when I wrote this down. I mean, who I would you replace? I'll, I'll say in a second, but, 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 um, while it's good to kind of have the human and the kind of bland humans and stuff, they kind of bothered me. I mean, I think Sam actually mentioned this back in the days when he didn't like Voyager, so maybe he loves Harry Kim right now. <laughs> but like Harry Kim's thing, like, like it was kind of irritating. Like, like I, I, I think the conceit of him, like, falling in love with, like, different, like, non-human uh, creatures it is potentially interesting. It's just, like, I don't know if the character was, like, done – I don't know. It just it, – it, like, it, it, like it, it, it bothered me some at times. There were – Benji, um, there were so many episodes that could be boiled down to, like, Harry Kim falls in love with the wrong woman. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Which so is, many. I guess – it's like, so it's many, like, too that's many. Not, that's not inherently. In fact, that's kind of an interesting sort of sort of science fiction thing that works with Star Trek. But yeah, it was, it was just that over. It would be more Tom, interesting like, if like Harry Kim ever felt like you know he was actually driving the plot as opposed to being a victim of it. Maybe, but, but hold on. And with Tom Paris, I mean, again, he was just bland. And I mean, I, I didn't even realize until I guess spoiler alert, but it isn't like his dad is like an admiral. Admiral. Or something. Yes. That was kind of this, this not thing. a spoiler. Which they talk about it in the of, pilot episode. Right, but I didn't even know that, like, because he was so forgettable. But anyway, right. um, I'd like to. So, I mean, at the risk of like taking away the the two bland human characters, which sort of helps the storyline to some degree. Um, bringing in, uh, uh I bring in Data because because mm. Data interacting with Seven of Nine with Tuvok maybe. But with seven of nine, I think would have been really interesting with the um with the doctor, the the, the simulation doctor. Yeah, the EMH. And then also seeing, yeah, yeah, and then seeing and then seeing maybe how um how Janeway would, because I feel like Janeway would be like a different sort of mentor to Data, you know. So I feel like that that would be an interesting thing. And then I would I I would swap out also I, I know I put in Odo from DS9. I put yeah. Odo slash Quark. Well, probably Odo. I think Odo's like a little more interesting because. Odo Odo has a very fascinating personality. I mean, he was like he was very like his backstory is interesting, and uh, and like and it's also a different you know, like Star Trek seems to have this like theme of like kind of like what makes something human, and and how are they human, and do they want to be human? What does it mean they want to be human? And I thought yeah. Odo had a good twist. Odo wasn't wasn't just the archetype, this sort of Star Trek archetype of like um you know uh, non-human wanting to understand and feel human. It just Odo had like a different way of accessing right. it. And, he and never wanted to be that. human, but there was right. a, he right. was like conflicted because he didn't know where he came right? from. You know, he was yeah. like the only one of his kind. It was like the, he was so, so different as a, yeah, you know, was, tran, you know, a transformer, you know, that a shapeshifter that he was arguing you know, with the had, solids around him. And he had like, like, and I think also the acting was really good, but he, he, he was, he, he had a very interesting personality. Like he was like, so he was like sort of understated. Like he sort of had that understated kind of. It wasn't robotic, but he had kind of a monotone-ish. I feel like, or it was like understated emotions. But like there was a good like subtlety. Like there was a lot going on. And I feel like I don't know if it was the last episode, but like I guess spoiler for that. Um, of, of DS9. Like didn't he like explode into colors or something? <laughs> like something happened. No, then, that is that not what happened. He <laughs> joined. No, what happens we, we at the? We haven't finished DS9. Oh well, then. Sorry, never mind. I won't. Then I'm not going to say. I will say he does not explode into a giant rainbow of colors. 
He like turns into his, like his like natural form, right? Something Good. Like that. All right. You just said you're trying not to give spoilers. <laughs> I said spoilers all... beforehand. No, this this I podcast spoilers, but will only be spoilers. <laughs> All right, you enough can of that. Out my entire thing no, it's not. It's because time. it's because they haven't seen it yet. That's why you need to not say it. Anyway. Oh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> now he's been well, spoiled I, I, on I the fact that Odo explodes into, into a, a, rainbow. a rainbow. <laughs> I think you're getting confused because there was an alternate episode, like where they go to a mirror universe, and there might have you um, know, maybe you're getting confused by that. All right, let's move on. So, <laughs> Sam. Yes. What is your choice? Okay, so I also thought about replacing Tom Paris because he's like kind of a boring character, um, and he's like kind of like the the like annoying white guy that like the writers thought was an important character, but he really wasn't. Except I can't get rid of Tom Paris because of his romance Yay. with Belana Torres, which like really is totally yeah. redeeming of his character throughout the show. Not to mention their daughter. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was one. I thought about getting rid of Kess, but the show actually it replaced her, so like I feel like it's not necessary to kick her off the show. Um, and I thought about getting rid of Neelix because he's the most annoying character, but I'm, I, I had to pick Kim, because even though Kim is not as annoying as Neelix, he's so much more boring. So Benji, I'm with you on Kim being super boring. Um, yeah. So Kim's off the show, and I decided to replace him with Raffi from Picard. Um, now, Benji, you haven't seen Picard, but the no. rest of us have, right? Jeremy's seen it, Mira's seen it. Yeah. Um, Raffi's awesome. She's she's a great character, and like one of the things about Voyager that's important to understand is that like Voyager is a crew of misfits. Like everybody on Voyager is somebody who's like basically kind of like except for Janeway herself someone who's kind of, like, failed at life or is, like, thrust into a position that right. they don't really belong or, you know, maybe Tuvok, you could say, also. Um, but but the rest of them are all, like, people who are, like, out of place, don't really know what they're doing or why they're there. And I feel like Raffi also is, like, a total misfit, you know, somebody whose life is kind of a mess, you know, who really would be, like, well-suited to um, to joining the Voyager crew and, like, finding her place and her role you know, in in that setting. So that's that's what I would do. That that's that's my replacement choice. Alright. So Mira, what about you? Oh my god, that was such a good one. So okay, this is really funny because the first person that I actually had the, whatever, there were two characters I had in mind um to swap out and one of them one of them was Kess, but like Sam said, the show already did that. And the other the other was also Kim. And I just <laughs> Oh my god, I you guys are so you're so racist. It's ridiculous. I, just, I know. I just want to give a caveat here that it's I not. I just want to say that I know I'm kicking out an Asian guy, but I have replaced the Asian guy with a black woman. Yes. Oh that's my true. god, Sam, there aren't enough Asians on Star Trek. You know how? That's true. That is true. And okay, you get rid so of one of them. The when I say replacing Kim, I feel bad about this, and I'm not even sure that I'm like positive. I'd rather replace no one. Like I'd rather just add because no, Kim. I feel like the character became boring, but it's like has nothing to do with the actor. I actually think oh, of course the not. actor Gar Wong is is a uh, is a great guy, and he certainly he's amazing. He's, great. he's certainly um, in the a good actor. I feel like, and I I always like have this huge affection for Kim. Like I think there's like a role for kind of the straight the straight character, like the character who just is kind of the you know, the man, yeah. man and who's not like the wacky like crazy and like I 
like if I were on Voyager, I would be Kim. But I felt at a certain point in the show, like the writers kind of didn't know what to do with him, or that they just got kind of right. Bored. What do we and, do like, with a competent person that doesn't, they doesn't really make normal yeah, mistakes? Yeah, it's like it was just like there weren't enough. I mean, it just they weren't doing anything interesting with him. Now they also they kind of did that with a number of characters towards the end that like oh, also yeah. kind of felt like they weren't really doing a ton with. Um, I mean, I I love Tom Paris, but I think his interest became at a certain point in his relationship with Bolana, which I found very beautiful. And like, like it was, it was so rare. It's so rare in television to see a relationship depicted in kind of a healthy way like that, that I really appreciate that. But like, even like amazing characters like Tuvok at a certain point, I felt like they weren't doing a ton with definitely Chakotay also. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, but, you know, but if any of them have to go, but just because the episodes that focus on Kim were, the most boring episodes to me usually, unfortunately. Like, um, I, I guess if I had to kick someone off, it would be it would be Kim, even though I think the actor is great. I think the character had a lot of potential that that they didn't take in any direction. Yeah. And to put and it's funny the so to replace him with my fr- two choices. The first choice was also Odo. Okay. Actually, All right. And most not for any specific reason, except for like like Benji, what you said about him. Um, like you had a lot of deep things that you said there that I agree with and that are great but I just love him I just think he's such a fascinating character like he's definitely the character I'd be assigned I'm the most interested in um and I don't know if that's it's a combination of I think the the character it's himself and also like how it's the stunning acting but he's just he's just so fascinating um so yes just passed away uh fairly recently think... yeah, oh, he was, yeah. He, yeah he was a yes so R.I.P. Renee, he was great for sure. He was, he was amazing. I mean, now that Sam chose Rafi, like Rafi's also like awesome, and she's so scrappy, and she would fit in. But I think for the same reasons, Sam, that you said that Rafi would fit because of being a misfit, I think that applies for Odo too. The other choice oh, sure. I had, um, I know you guys are all going to disagree with, but it's more of like a rational kind of idea that like the whole time watching Voyager, I'm like they could really use like a therapist like meaning this is such a traumatic thing that has happened to all them so like maybe i would replace kim with troy just Mm -hmm. from the perspective of like having a ship's counselor on. yeah yeah i I was thinking about doing something with troy i I need like it's good you brought that up mira because because um i think you brought up you or sam who brought up how they're all misfits is that you sam yeah Yeah. and how come how come there's only a therapist on one show i mean how come it's not like a standard thing it's like, oh, it's a great idea, except they almost did nothing with Troy's character. It was, uh, she was wildly I, underutilized. I it's, know that that would be my only hesitation. I feel like they utilized her more in the one episode of Picard than they did in all of TNG. <laughs> well, I don't know that's part oh, of the she's, thing. She's in, yeah. she's in a Picard episode. She's just one yes. episode. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but um, mm. but like sort of, but no, I don't. As long as you don't say anything about it, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like she was really underutilized in TNG. You are you're so right. Like Voyager needed a therapist more than any other ship. In fact, yeah. in my personal headcanon, part of the reason for like a lot of the irrational things that the crew of Voyager <laughs> does is that they're all like a little bit crazy from yeah. mm-hmm. the situation that they're well, in. Yeah, they're going through Which problems. would make anyone crazy. But right. like right. They're like they are. They're like they're like just a little bit like not quite totally you know, there. <laughs> and that, that really explains a lot of the, a lot of the decision-making that goes on on that show. So it, I think it works, but yes, a hundred percent. They need, they need a therapist. 
Well, I had a, so I think I guess uh, I will go now. Now, initially I thought, well, what if I just switched, you know, everyone other than Cisco and um, Kira with like Janeway and Seven, but then it's like, well, I have to keep the EMH. It's like, well, yeah. no. And then it's just like, it's like, all right, this is too much. So here are my two choices. One, I would exchange one couple. The The couple is Neelix and Kess because I don't like either of them. And I don't think either of them was utilized well. And I would switch them with my favorite dysfunctional couple, which is the O'Briens from Deep Space Nine, which is, uh, you know, which is two people. And <laughs> I, which is like Miles, who's, you know, the Irish guy, and Keiko, who's the Japanese botanist. And to me, that's, you know, she was more, you know, interested in like xenobiology and stuff. And he's like a, you know, an engineering guy. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. Plus, you know, they have their own kids. I just like like them, and I think they're, you know, they have like real issues as a couple, like trying to actually deal with the different things. The other thing I would potentially do is I would change Paris, and I would replace Paris with uh, Jadzia from Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't prevent uh, Taurus from having a relationship with her either, because Jadzia if you may remember, has had the minds of both men and women. And it is canonically known that she is able to have attraction to people of both genders. Sure. Because there's actually Dax, an episode right. about that. Yeah. yeah. Is this with Dax? Dax. Yeah. Yes. I, think, I think Dax was a really interesting character, and I would much prefer her over Paris. She mm. got married to Worf? Right. She did get married to Worf, and, I, and that was like a nice relationship too, but you know, I just, uh, we're talking about switching people. That's what I would say. So, you it's know, what's, interesting. what's interesting to me is nobody picked Chakotay. I thought Chakotay. about it. Yeah. And like, I like Chakotay. I've always liked Chakotay, actually. I, like I mean, Chakotay, in some way, it's funny because he's like, in some ways, like a lot like Riker, but like a little bit oh, like definitely. sweeter and softer than Riker. But he's also kind of boring. I'd well, rather they just the use. At the beginning of the show, he was more better, interesting. Yeah. At a certain yeah. point, it seemed yeah, like they it's true. lost an idea of what to do with him, other than as a romance for Seven. Um, well, that was like way at the end. Yeah, but in like, but like after Seven came onto the show, it felt like there was like a shift towards a lot more focus on developing like Seven's character and the Doctor, um, mm -hmm. which was very interesting. But you were seeing like a little less emphasis on Chakotay and. Tuvok and definitely Kim. Yeah, yeah, the original gang. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's true. What's kind of and they were it was still good, yeah. but like it it did feel like I don't feel like any of the characters were really boring. It just felt like sometimes they weren't given as much to do. Well, I really did not like Chakotay and Seven ending up together. Uh, I oh, felt really? like I didn't buy it at all. And I yeah, bought kind of I bought Seven's relationship immediately, you know, in Picard much more than I ever yeah. did, and yeah. that was almost nothing than I ever did yes. with Chakotay. I felt like that was like shoehorned in is like let's just have her in a relationship, and I thought, and I was really I was surprised. I remember when it happened, and I was like, this came out of nowhere, and I do not like it. Yeah, uh, I yeah. I felt the same way too. And I really like that in Picard, they made her her relationships 
with other women because that was that felt very accurate to me. Yeah, especially because you know I was making this point to someone else recently that you know Seven didn't go through puberty; she was right. assimilated yeah. as a child. Yeah. So right. she might not really have a great sense of what her sexuality even is. Right. You know, and, and maybe it takes some time for her to really be able to figure out that out. Or maybe she it's more like a pansexuality thing. Or mm-hmm. maybe she's just gay. Who knows? Yeah. But right. at the point, I didn't, you know, all we know is like she was curious about it because why not? But that's really all we saw until it was like, yes, of course I'm in love with you, Chakotay. Obviously, I always have been. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It. I don't know. It didn't bother me quite as much as I guess it bothered the two of you, but I agree that it kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah. So maybe. So 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 I think Tanya. Maybe maybe one way we can talk about this and tell me what, what, what you all think about this. Maybe what we can talk about is like as I was saying before, we talk about each of the characters and sort of talk about. Um, I don't know parallels with the earlier characters or, or like how it's compared with the with with the rest of Star Trek. Um, characters or storylines, or maybe the, the tropes of of Star Trek, like meaning meaning like as as we were talking about earlier, like I feel like Janeway. What's interesting, what some people don't like, is like Janeway's kind of like a sort of spiritual sequel to 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 the character of Picard, but it's a little different. So maybe like we can look at some of some of the different characters of Voyager and like how we think they stack up with the other characters in Star Trek. Okay, well, I think, you know, we can start, you know, continuing, like, talking about Janeway. And I think it's interesting because there were definitely a lot of, you know, issues that people had at the time with her, like we said. And part of that was coming from, like, a sexist place for sure. And I was recently reading this fan fiction about this guy who was, like, a self-insert on Star Trek Voyager. And he just hated Janeway so much, and she is portrayed in the course of the story to be essentially a sociopath. Right. And I would really say, not like, well, but again, you have to keep in mind, like, there are think people who've gotten these ideas. Uh, there are people who there's one of these reviewers called uh, SF Debris who you know, he was off once associated with the Channel Awesome People and the Blip TV stuff, and he's like, you know, I would say he's not, he doesn't hate Janeway. But he, in a lot of he has like sort of you know funny reviews of Star Trek episode, and he's often like talked about like how you know Janeway is sort of like it's like you know doesn't really you know is like not having empathy. And that, I think that that kind of idea is fairly pervasive among the fan community. The idea that when it comes down to it, that you know Janeway doesn't seem to really care about her crew. I would say that's a what? common. I... Opinion that I, I have do seen. I not agree with that. That, that seems at like all. the opposite of what happens in the show. That uh, she's like unnecessarily risks people's safety and lives. What? I, wow. Yeah, I really disagree with that. I, that feels like first of all, 180. First of all, like, I mean, <laughs> where do I even start with that? Like, on the original Star Trek, Kirk used to put people in danger constantly. Right? That's number one. Number two, on The Next Generation, the Enterprise had, like, families on board. There right, were, they like, had civilians. civilians and children. Yeah. Right. Voyager and, like, is they were constantly put ship. in danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It, and, and the idea that, that Janeway, like, was not, like, empathetic to, like, you know, oh, what might happen to her crew, like, she's constantly, constantly worrying about it. Like, yeah. 
every episode practically. Like it's crazy that to me that, that people would, would think that. Well, there's only one episode that I can think of off the top of my head that has stuck with me. It's something where I really did not like what she did. And that was uh, Tuvix. Yeah, I was going to say, there's actually two episodes that, that I feel that way about. One is Tuvix, and the other one is when, you know, right after they, like, take Seven of Nine on board, and Janeway basically, like, kidnaps Seven of Nine, who, like, is asking to be returned back mm-hmm. to the Borg, and Janeway refuses to re- return her to the Borg and, and basically holds her in against confinement her. against her will. Um which, like, you know, I mean, you could kind of debate that, like, I've, I've heard people suggest, like, well, it's, like, somebody who was, like, in a cult, and, like, you know, they've been brainwashed, and you have to, like, deprogram them. But also, just to play those advocate here for a second, yeah. her holding on to 7 of 9, correct me if I'm wrong, but my memory of it is that it wasn't, her decision, I don't think at the time, was from a desire to, like, save 7, it was to save the ship. It was because no. returning 7 would have put the ship in danger, wasn't it? I don't think so. I no, think she could I, have I wouldn't returned say 7 afterwards, and it yeah. wouldn't have put the ship in danger. Mm. But it was because 7 was human. Right. She right. knew that 7 was human and, like, you know, and had, like, it was, like, personal to her. Right. Um, but but it does seem to me, like, like kind of disrespectful of 7's rights as, as it a, is a person it's, to choose to return right. to the borg but it's you still, can um, still but, the opposite but, but putting that aside yeah let's, let's you talk can compare that to the hue episode really wait hold on before we talk about two can we just say that i think i think like benji and sam and i all had the same gut reaction to, to to what you were describing jeremy which is like i mean my impression just from like a very basic like obvious watching of the episodes is that Janeway, episode after episode, she is putting her own life in the line to to protect her her you know her crew. She's such like a mother figure to the crew, which I actually think yeah. works really well. That this show of all the Star Trek shows has, I mean, like not that it's the only one, but I meaning the fact that it has a female captain and the ship is stuck out in the Delta Quadrant. Like, she needs to be... Like, you see that moment in the beginning, in like, in season one, where she realizes that she can't just be a captain in the way even that Picard or other right. people have been happy. Like, you see her realize that the crew needs something more than that. Like, they need family. And right. she is so, like, nurturing, and she develops such personal relationships with all of them. And there are just so many episodes where she puts her own life on the line in instead of everyone else like she's constantly trying to protect them i just i'm baffled that anyone can see a different reading in there i think i think people were probably just dealing i think a lot of people just it was very pretty soon it was soon enough after after tng that like people were comparing and i, I feel like it's like it is one of those things of like oh who's, this is nothing compared to picard or blah 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 uh, I feel like that has to do with it, but yeah, no, no, I agree with you. And like, and like, is that, I mean, I'm remembering an episode. I forgot what it was. I think the guy was uh, the term. Well, I don't know if it's red shirt because I don't think he died. Maybe he did. Um, there's that. There's that episode where there's that guy who just keeps to himself. There's like, there's like this whole thing of the guy who keeps him to himself and doesn't eat with anyone else. You know, like, yeah. Just there for, I think for one episode, and she like yeah. went and like spoke and like talked to him because yeah, I just kept thinking about that as you were saying it. That, that's kind of the thing that she does. Like she's always like checking in with, yeah. with yeah. Uh, everyone there, um, and she does have she does have a little bit of like a steely demeanor, but kind of appropriate for the term. And also, she is a you know she's a military officer, so it's like I think I think it's, it's I think the show strikes a really good balance with 
you know, the kind of the kind of overlying like sort of like military. I feel like that comes from Gene Roddenberry, which is fine. It's part of the show, but but the, the kind of military structure hierarchy ethos um, is is like in there, and that's who Janeway is. But she's still like, but she's again, she's a different character in a different situation who has to adapt to this. And and actually, I think you sometimes see her chafing against it. Like she's um, like she's very kind of like. I feel like she is a very sort of um, I don't want to say rote, but I, but I feel like I feel like she's the type of person who like she probably like got like amazing scores on exams and is and and, and listens to a lot of authority and you know is, is like very much you could say a military archetype, um, but she had to adapt to the situation and that that's more of her challenge and I think, yeah. I think she does it really well. Well, we know that's true because she's like a she's a nerd, she's like she was she was on. Like she wasn't really groomed right. for command; she was but a that's, science person. That's right. kind of that's kind of the same oh, character okay. arc that Picard goes through. But I feel like for Janeway, it's a little bit smoother for her to like slip into that more nurturing role. Whether whereas like Picard, like it was really not natural for him to do that, and like that's like sort of his growth throughout the entire series. Right. Like but, to learn how to be that right. more, like, well, that's eternal that, figure. Yes, I, that's why the last scene of Star Trek: that? Next Generation. It's so great because it's sort of like it's the realization of Picard where he's like, yeah, I mean, right. I can't now, believe. Before you, before you spoil it, Jeremy, you should know uh, Mira has not seen that yet. Uh, we're still we're still in the middle of oh, yeah. both Picard. Of oh, yeah, both yeah, us. Yeah, Jeremy, you should, yeah, don't spoil a lot because, you know, the, the I didn't. That's fine. Anything. I didn't say I just, very much know, more than what I'm really just saying, like, just be careful. But uh, anyway, I well, agree with what you guys are saying about Picard, but also Benji, I very much agree with what you were saying. It sounded correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like you were kind of talking about how Janeway, she's very much like a rule follower, and mm -hmm. you see her kind of struggle putting aside the question of the nurturing thing, I think you're touching this, Benji, that like, she has to she runs up against like the limits of the um, of the prime is it the prime directive? Or that she yes. Like, like she right. she's so true, she's so so loyal and true to, you know Federation and Starfleet like, um, you know, ideals, and mm -hmm. she tries to hold true to that, but she does also kind of have to learn when when it's okay to break the rules. Is that what you were kind of talking about, Benji? Like, yeah, no, no, I don't know. That's a good way of saying it. And 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 like I was sort of thinking aloud, but I'm just remembering because it's been years since I've watched it. I'm remembering, or at least it, a, a lot of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm remembering that I feel like I feel like that was kind of, I, and I guess this is what was impressive about the show. I feel like that was like the subtext of it. And like I kind of felt it. It wasn't like her going like all the time, like, uh, "Oh, I can't believe I have to violate the prime directive," you know, anything like that. <laughs> right. Like, it, it wasn't on the nose. Like you could see she sort of like her personality is sort of chafed against the, um, you know, just the reality of, of of just them being out there and how she her personality was a sort of like stolid, um, you know, sort of yeah. stiff. Um, in a way person but but yeah but but like but 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 again she does really well and in fact maybe it is that mixture that helped her sort of take care of the crew because she kept yeah. some yeah. like order she kept some stability she still acted like a captain yeah but yeah. she also like needed to adapt to what was going on i mean one episode i remember that really struck me um and and i agree with what you're saying about neelix and i've always said neelix is annoying but he does sort of serve a purpose sometimes it does kind of make sense happen and i remember there's the they go through this one section where there are no stars this complete uh, emptiness, yeah. like black yeah. emptiness, and like Neelix is freaking out. And I don't even remember what 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 Janeway says there, but I don't I don't remember her like her herself 
totally freaking out or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think like I think like that sort of is like a testament to uh, to her. So yeah, I mean I think yeah. Well, great. okay. So maybe this will help explain yeah. something. Have you guys seen the movie Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? The movie? I think it? Sam has. Yes, the movie. I have. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just... I know I you have been. I don't remember that much so about that's, it. There's a classic meme <laughs> on the... like that like moment in at the at the ball where like Hermione yeah, is like, you ruined everything! Or whatever she says. <laughs> uh-huh. um, that's like all I remembered from that well, movie. Well, in fairness, I, I he did. Before, but that's not what I'm talking about. There's a great meme from the movie, um, which is a counterexample. Because in the in the book, when Harry's name gets selected from the Goblet of Fire, there's a line that says, "You know, you know, you know, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire?" Dumbledore asked calmly. Is the line in the book? And then in the movie, he rushes over, shakes him, and says, "Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire?" Now, what is this? It's a metaphor for how Janeway is in the show and how people see her. Yes. Right, yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Because so just one last thing before we move on, probably. But um, Benji, what you were saying about like the how she has to learn how to break the rules and stuff. Like I think it's it's notable, and this goes back to your comment, Jeremy. It's notable that the episodes that the that she struggles the most with, like does she hold up her ethics or does she or does she, you know, break them or ignore them? She it's always in order to save the lives of the crew. It's never for right. herself. It's like she has such compassion and she cares so much about her crew that you know for her the most unquestionable line of like not crossing you know um not betraying your own your own morals and your own ethics um like the only time that she would consider doing that is really for the sake of the crew sorry there's like background noise here mm-hmm. oh, that, um should we maybe talk? I don't know what you all think is important. We were starting to talk about Chakotay. Chakotay right. Well, like, Sam was going to say like about and... Tuvix. So, yeah. Sam. Okay, so first of all, Benji, Benji right do you now. remember the Tuvix episode? I'm looking up the summary now, but why don't you tell me the synopsis? Okay, I'll, I'll just like summarize it real quick. So, basically, there's a transport accident, and Tuvok and Neelix are combined into one person. Who is like essentially like a new character who has like some characteristics of Tuvok and some characteristics of Neelix and essentially identifies as like an entirely separate individual. Um, And so like most of the episode is just about like the weirdness of it and like him sort of like relating to people in a different way than Tuvok did but a different way than Neelix did and you know um, and, and like the crew kind of like trying to relate to him. But at the end, Janeway decides that she needs to undo Tuvix and bring back Tuvok and Neelix as two separate individuals. Um, And it's a very controversial thing that she does. Like, the doctor refuses to go along with it. The doctor basically says, like, this is a violation of the Hippocratic Oath because you're asking me to essentially murder someone. Um, Mm. But Janeway says, like, I, I need Tuvok. I, you know, I can't, like, go on without Tuvok, and there's, like, you know, two people who have died, and, like, you know, I'm willing to, like, essentially kill one person to bring back those two people. Um, and it's it's probably, like, the most morally questionable thing that Janeway does in the entire show. Because she, she okay. essentially does decide to... 
kill somebody who is an, an, an individual who exists, who, who identifies as a person and basically says straight out, like, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. I mean, but that, I, I will say is like sort of like a sort of like zooming out point, you know, just looking at the entire like Star Trek in context. I mean, that's that's one of those things I think that just makes when, when Star Trek is at its best or at least part of what makes Star Trek Star Trek, which I feel yeah. like the later stuff misses, which is these real questions. Because sure. TNG, and, and I think DS9 did too, but definitely TNG had these moments of like, of like, oh, here's a morally questionable thing, or something, some horrible stuff does happen. Like, it, like actually, I think it was the first Borg episode um, like ever uh, in TNG, and I don't think it's Picard doing anything, but someone does... Oh, wait, hold on. Have you guys have you guys gotten to the first two episodes? Not not the very first two episodes, the first Borg episode in TNG. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, we're like in the okay, middle. So we're like in the middle of the show. Yeah. I guess like spoiler or whatever. But I, I just remember thinking from that episode like like oh that's messed up that happened or something like they, they that is part of the thing and I mean I feel like that's what makes Star Trek Star Trek and like and like and even the case we can't say a hundred percent Janeway is like a hundred percent great you know but I, I think that that's that's good to have that sort of like. Uh, that, that, that's sort of like questioning right there. That's the whole thing of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, here's the thing about it. They could have let Janeway off the hook, right? They could have been like, Tuvix could have been like, yes, you can kill me. I, I volunteer as tribute, you know, like split me back into the two people. Or they could have been like, oh, you're like medically not stable. Like you're going to die if we don't like switch you back. But they basically, right. they, they refused to take the cop out. They were like, no, like, there's no medical issue. He's fine. He wants to live. He's telling them he wants to live, and he's putting the decision in Janeway's hands, and she's got to make the decision. So I, that I really like, but her, but the way that it plays out, really, it's it seems like she she decided something that seems to be like just like morally the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jeremy, yeah. I know you but have a here's lot my, to say about this episode. So right, because here's my real issue with it. And unfortunately, this is an issue that isn't entirely Voyager's fault, uh, which is repercussions. And it's one thing to say she makes this decision because that's something that happens sometimes. You know, she makes a call and maybe it's not a good one. The real problem is this is not something that really ever comes up again. You know, they don't have anything later where, you know, Tuvok or Neelix talk about it. They don't have anything else where any other characters, like, you know, there is, I can't, you know, can't we talk about something that's happened? You know, why doesn't the idea of Tuvix, like, why, you know, maybe, you know, there's, if you remember, there's those things where the EMH has these, like, fake movies and stuff. You know, maybe he comes right. up in one of those. The idea is, like, it's never addressed. And there are similar issues, and part of this is down to, the network really wanting to have resets and it's one thing to have sort of an ongoing little romance thing because it's like that's incremental and it's not a huge deal but they were worried that because it was in the days before TiVo that if you just turn on an episode you wouldn't understand what was happening you know so you can't just like build on things and you know can I can I talk about that a little more generally not having to do with Tuvix specifically because mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that people complain about about voyager are they're like oh at the end of every episode they push the reset button and like there's no continuity from episode to episode and well like it really should have had like much more continuity and like on the one hand yes that's true but on the other hand 
that's what Star Trek was in that era. Deep Space Nine got away with some stuff a little bit, but like mostly, it got away with was, it because the network wasn't paying the attention. Because the network wasn't paying as close right. attention as they were to Voyager, and like the same people who complain about Voyager pressing the reset button don't say a word about, about TNG. TNG, which pushed the reset button so much harder yes. than Voyager uh, ever did. Remember that well, episode I don't when Jordy no, is like brainwashed, is brainwashed yes. by the by the, the Romulans. The Romulans. And then like the next episode, he's totally fine and back to normal, which is because and because Jordy is brainwashed why, to become an trailer. assassin in one episode. And like mm-hmm. like literally like he almost killed somebody because he was brainwashed by the Romulans after he was kidnapped. And it never. The next episode, he's totally it's not, fine. Not even a passing never comes up again. To counseling nothing. With Troy, nothing. Zero mention of and it. And Voyager, compared to that, Voyager actually had a surprising amount of like. There was some continuity. It's it would was. be and wrong to say there was none. It, yeah, it not wasn't even just romance. romance. Like, it was like whole, like when, the evolution of Seven's character, the evolution of the Doctor's character. Even aside from that, Belana, um, when Belana's she finds when Belana finds out about all the Maquis being killed, that happens like episodes before, and then. However many episodes later, it's not like immediately the next episode. They let it like simmer for a little bit. And then a bunch of episodes later, you see when she's trying to kind of, she's not trying to commit suicide, but she's like putting herself in severely life-risking situations. And it was, it was later. And it's been festering that whole time. It's so realistic. They have things that keep coming back. There are subtle things. Like even in like the second season, which a lot of people hate, like, there was this ongoing plot about like there was a traitor on board who was yeah. like leaking yeah. information. They built and then, that in. So and well. then the the episode where Tom Paris like like leaves the ship. Yes. They had built up to that with a whole bunch of episodes where like he was becoming more and more um, insubordinate, like to the point where like when I was watching like binge watching like. I was like, wow, Paris is, like, really, like, what's up with him? He's, like, late all the time. He's being rude to everybody. And it was, like, the next episode or two episodes later that they were like, oh, Paris is leaving the ship. And it was all a setup. It was to all catch, fake. Um, what's what's her name? Um, You know, to get Seska. It was, it was It was, like, this plot that they had hatched to, like, reveal the, the, but the traitor. And, but Chakotay they didn't tell Chakotay because they didn't think he could act well enough. <laughs> Because they didn't think Chakotay was a good enough actor to keep the secret. <laughs> he was so angry when he finds out that, like, Janeway and Tuvok, right? Anyway, the point is, like, they did have continuity. They did have these things that were, like, building from episode to episode and from season to season that people don't acknowledge. And meanwhile, like, nobody ever says a bad word about The Next Generation for being, like, so much worse at the same thing. Well, and first of all, okay, oh, all right, hold on. A, you're wrong. People definitely complain about the lack of continuity and starting next generation now. But no, but I'm saying the the people who like the next generation and don't like Voyager, and they'll bring that up as a reason why they don't like Voyager, which is absurd because they're the same people who like the next generation. Yeah, but see, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the problem that they couldn't help. And one of the issues that I have with it is the way they were able to do some continuity but not others is kind of frustrating to me. Because yeah. of like what you're saying, you're just you just gave a bunch of examples. So how come they couldn't do that more consistently? Now I understand to be like, all right, in the year of hell, they can't like you know they didn't want to like completely change the crew. They didn't want to kill people off in the same way. They didn't want to have like a messed up thing. But I felt like there were all these little pieces where they could make references to things and have stuff that comes up, and it just wasn't as consistent as I wanted. You know, it's one thing to be like. 
saying I don't understand the Chakotay Seven thing because it did I didn't like it, but they could have done more with that. They could have done more with a lot of these things. That's one of the problems they, that I so, had. So they could have. On the one hand, you can say they could have done more, and on the other hand, you can say like they did as much as they could get away with with like Rick Berman, like you know, monitoring everything and like you know, nixing every idea. Like, well, yeah. I mean, they, I mean I, I, I read unfortunately, Rick. Yeah, he you know, was uh, he was pretty talking bad. About how they they wanted to do like you know things that were like season long story arcs or whatever, and like the most that Berman would allow them to get away with was like two part episodes. Like that was it. He was like, you can do two part episodes, nothing more than that. And like they wanted to, but like he wouldn't let them. So like, I mean, how much can you say like, oh, Voyager sucks? Like because Rick Berman wouldn't let them do continuity. Like Rick Berman was in charge of Star Trek throughout the nineties. Like it was his thing. You know, right? So. What are the so? All right, I think we can uh, move on here a little bit. So, Rick Berman talking. Point. Yes, he was responsible for Terry Farrell getting, uh, you know, you know, quitting essentially. Mm-hmm. Terry Farrell, Dax on Deep Space Nine. On Deep Space Nine. Well, so, so I have a suggestion, and and again, I don't know, Jeremy, if you're about to go with something. Maybe, maybe, maybe we talk about the the like the the. You know, Seven of Nine and Tuvok, maybe to a degree, because you know, you know, um, Star Trek usually has one or two characters, I guess, starting with Spock, um, where it's like the the one who's like detached from like emotion, so to speak, and like has to sort of learn. Right. Obviously, well, Data fill that role. Tuvok so, is literally another Vulcan, and right. he's but they didn't, never they didn't harp on that as much. Yeah. Right, and he's like he has a completely different kind of situation in arc. I mean, I think. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I think Seven's arc is the most interesting of any character on the show. Mm. You know, but that's that's my feeling that her engagements with other characters, you know, like how she and other people, you know, are influenced or influencing each other. You know, I think that's the most interesting to me. Uh, there are other ones. I mean, I, I definitely like what happens with like EM, EMH stuff. I yeah, like his whole arc too. Uh, I just think like you know for. And it's, it's it is an interesting one. I do like there are some interesting ideas about like peoplehood and everything. Um, I just right. really feel like they pulled off sevens a little bit better because often with the EMH it felt like it was getting a little bit more into the, like the kind of comedy area more so. Uh, mm-hmm. And although those episodes were often pretty funny, like I really they liked the episode ep- where okay, like author author. I mean, can we? Yeah. Can I just touch yeah. one quick thing? So yeah. um, I I agree with you. I think Seven's arc is amazing. I also loved the arc of the Doctor. I love the arc of Belana. Um, but just one quick thing about the humor, and we don't have this doesn't have to be all thing, but um, I think one of the reasons that I love Voyager the best so far of the other Star Trek is that it is so brilliantly written, just on the narrative and dialogue level on each episode. And one of those one of the ways that it's brilliant, I think, is its sense of humor. And often campiness um, that is just, I think, somewhat, it feels to be a little rare for Star Trek. And the Doctor brings a lot of that out, but that's, it comes out from all the characters. The Doctor is very funny, and but like Tuvok is also very funny. He's very yeah, funny. Oh, yeah, he does have his moments, right? Yeah, he's like a dry, he's a very dry sense wrote, of humor. Where they think that he wrote a hollow novel, but mm-hmm. it's actually, it was actually, it was like, actually a like a security like a training kind of thing. exercise, but it, it like, 
like the crew thought it was actually supposed to be a novel, and then they all get like super it, into it. It feels like an espionage thing. It's like all about like in in the event of some pe- you know people doing a right. There's a, like a mutiny a, on a the mutiny ship against and, like, Janeway. Oh my god, yeah. it's such a funny episode. Um, they're like Tuvok. I didn't know you had this aspirations <laughs> to be a novelist. He's like, it's not a novel. Um, but the whole show is just. I really appreciated its sense of humor about itself. Like to me. Um, that made it feel much more immersive and realistic and compelling. And then they were able to juxtapose moments of humor with these huge moments of pathos and real, you know, like high stakes kind of deeper uh, questions and and issues. So I I just thought that was brilliant, whether it was humor with the doctor or not. Did you you want to talk specifically about author, author? Yeah, but Benji sounded like he was saying. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Benji, go ahead. One, one last thing about the doctor, which I think is good, which I realized is like, yeah, they use the doctor. What was I think kind of interesting with the doctor is since the doctor, first of all, it's interesting that that a, that a crew member is a, is a hologram. But it wasn't even just that the doctor was like a person acting like a person. Like he was like a neurotic doctor. Like he was like a neurotic <laughs> person, and he knew he was a hologram, right? I mean, he like yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he was totally aware. I mean, maybe that's what made him neurotic. But he kind of was this like worrying neurotic doctor, <laughs> you know, yes. who like really had a personality. Of like only like I feel like, and it was and it was pretty nuanced. It was like only right, personality well, that you could see a uh, human has. Robert Picardo before and- the show was already like you know well known as this character actor. He had already been in quite a few things, including some with hair. Uh, you know beforehand, it was just sort of like one of, like he was in like Gremlins two for example. Uh, uh, if yeah. you ever go back and rewatch that one for example, um, but the thing like as for me. I'm more of a fan of the other Doctor episode about changing history called Lying Witness. That's oh, the one yeah. where he is really reactivated. Good. And let me uh, let me read you a quote. The World War II one? No, no, no. I, I actually kind of, I will be honest. But yes, the, but Jeremy, yes that, that, that episode is episode terrific. Where there's like a backup uh, yeah. copy of EMH that gets stuck on a planet. And it's like 700 years in the future. Right? Yeah, that's right. And one of the let me give you a quote from the episode from Memory Alpha here. When diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative: violence. Force must be applied without apology. It's the Starfleet way. And like you know, these and then you know, like they had it was all very different. Like you had Chakotay with an even bigger face tattoo. You know, yeah, which yeah. is like yeah, when we see like the evil versions of the crew. That was like the closest they came to a mirror episode. Right, they never or, did. Uh, I do. It wasn't really the mirror universe, Janeway but it was with, almost like mirror universe Voyager. Janeway with her black gloves and her like right. They all, they all have like black wall. gloves and they're wearing like black eyeliner and stuff. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think you know these things are kind of interesting because you know I feel like in a lot of ways you know there was an aspect of his personality that you could call her humanity. Yeah. That felt like you know pretty significant. I want to talk about one of the Wait, you know me, weird art. Yeah, Mira was about to was about to Mira was about to say to ask about something. What were you gonna say before? Oh, uh, thank you. That's to say, I don't I don't. Before I, I talked about the doctor. Oh, just that I I loved the episode author author and that it felt to me like kind of you know it was obviously a similar theme as that episode with data in um in tng where it's a question of like is data measure of a man yeah i love that episode so Uh, i know the author author did you know it was like playing on the same theme but in a really i felt like it it played out it was it was executed 
better, which mm-hmm. I know is going to be a controversial thing. Very controversial. Well, I, I agree. I, I think author author is better than Measure it, of a Man. It's it's really it's really a it's like a stunning episode. To go back to mm. it and watch it, but um, so I want to I want to talk about something which definitely is a mixed thing, which is the arc of Q over the course of Voyager. And oh, I know what you're going to say, Jeremy. But I don't know if you even agree with me here. I think the first episode that Q shows up, which is about suicide. Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that episode is so good. And about like assisted suicide, I think yeah. is very good. But okay. then after that, they have something called the Q, you know, the Q and the Gray, which is like a Civil War thing. And I would call that kind of like a fun episode, but it makes no sense. It does not at all. It doesn't so make any fun. sense, but but yes. It's so and I yeah. I also the whole everything that Q is doing about trying to impregnate Janeway is just I just don't I think it's all pretty terrible, uh, and I feel like it just I, none of that really fits with me. Like his whole infatuation with her, I didn't really like it. It just felt like they were like, well, we can't just do the Picard thing, so yeah. let's make it so he's hot for her. And I was like, oh, that's see, that's like you know, kind of reductive. I didn't like that. But, I remember at the, the time. Later, the later episode where he comes back with his son. Oh, oh I God. hated that episode. Oh, I, I love that, that, yeah. that his son was such a, such a monster. I just didn't, you know, it was like. But he yeah. learns empathy. I, I like yes, that. Yes, I understand the point I of like the episode. <laughs> I remember, I remember the episode. But where was his mom? Why wasn't his mom in that episode? I mean, can you really ask that kind of question about Q? Like, his mom should have been mom? in the episode. I, I really, it really bothered me. I remember is like he's like he's like yo, here's Q with my young Q, and you know he he's a scamp, and his mother's off doing something. Which is like because you couldn't get her for the episode, I guess, or did you not write her into the episode? I don't know which one it is, but I really didn't like that aspect of it. I just felt like this idea of like well now we're going to we you know we expanded it and i actually liked the lady q character who was also q yeah, it was you know i felt like he's like yeah you know i can't buy it she's got the right personality to be like a match to him yeah and the fact that we only saw her in like that one episode was really kind of infuriating and i was it was a huge like letdown it was like because I, I like i said i didn't really like q in the great but i still enjoyed it so um, I was, and it was just one of these things where it felt like it, you know, had more of a potential to be something that didn't get there. But I, I sorry, I do remember when you were talking about the Nazi episode, and I will admit, I, I did like it, even though it also is kind of stupid. But there is like a kind of excitement I got. I remember at the end of the episode when the Cleons come in and attack the Nazis. It's like, I don't know, how could you hate that? <laughs> <laughs> Really, my only complaints about that episode is, like, when the Klingons come in to attack the Nazis, there should have been more Klingons. There was only, like, three of them. It should have it was been, clear, like... Yeah, well, it was clear they spent most of the money on the uh, on the set. Right. But, <laughs> but it is it is really... I love that episode. Well, I did like yeah. how, like, the... The, the holodeck Nazi, like, sub guy, the sub-commander, was so convincing... And he convinced the other, like, Herojian uh, yeah. guy, you right. know, to be like... Yeah, the holodeck character, the program, convinced... He's like, yes. Like, yes, you're yeah. right. Nazism I, uh... is correct. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, I kind of like that one. But, um, all right, so I think we're just about out of time here. 
I think it's sort of interesting, you know, just to sort of like look back and thinking about like these things. Now, I will say, you know, for me, Day Space Nine is still the show that affects me the most, and with uh, and that in general has the most consistency of quality of episodes and characters that I like. Uh, I think TNG has the best individual episodes, but not the best quality at all. I think it has some really terrible ones, but there are some episodes that are really just so like either just like really interesting with time stuff or other sci-fi things, or just like emotionally powerful to me that I just really love them for TNG. And there's some stuff in Voyager that I think is pretty good. I just think there's nothing for me personally that ever hits like some of the heights of TNG, but that's like my own personal feeling. And yeah. you know, I think I think guilty pleasures are part of all these things. You know, Star Trek is kind of that kind of show. Sometimes it can be cheesy, it can be campy. Yeah. And well, and Deep Space Nine mainly did that with its mirror universe episodes. Right. I mean, I I think I think you know. So yeah, I guess one one of my final things I'll say with it too is like so my, my experience watching Voyager was kind of like um. So, so Jeremy, it was probably like you watching it first, and then probably like. I think I just had it on the background. Like there was there was a period of time, for like a year or so, where I couldn't figure out on you know our like crappy uh, like 1981 uh, TV that we had in the basement mm-hmm. where we played like Nintendo on. Um, yep. I think like I think like I messed like I couldn't figure out how to mess because you were probably in college at that point or something, Jeremy. But like I think I messed up like the uh, like like the uh, audio video sort of stuff, so I could listen mm-hmm. to shows. Um, while I was playing like Mario All Stars or something, so a lot of Voyager ha- episodes happened in the background, and then somehow I did actually watch plenty of. Maybe it was like on after something, like probably when I was watching SmackDown. I feel like Voyager was on afterwards, so like I just ended up like that sounds really, right. I, th- I think often what happened was is that I didn't intend to watch Voyager, except for the episode with the rock and the space rock bottom. But, <laughs> right. But, but, space but, rock but, bottom, yeah. man. Right. But but. But I'm saying beyond that, I didn't. I almost never tried to. But it was often like one of those shows. Like I somehow got like kind of pulled into it, and it, um, like it at least made me think about things. I mean, like it, like like there was at least that. And then as I said with the episode with them being like in the darkness without the stars and stuff, I remember like I was I was kind of affected by that. I thought that had a good like like impact. But my but my point is like, and what I was positing earlier about voyager being like the last of that sort of star trek thing is i think my main complaint i've probably said this before and again this is without having seen discovery or the new picard show and plenty of stuff but at least this is how i felt when i saw the like the first two jj abrams movies which were fine i think what they try to do sometimes to update star trek is they just go way too much into like let's make it like an action adventure and maybe do you have some themes but it's like it's i feel like it doesn't fit because i think the thing about star trek which is which is interesting is that Star Trek, it, it always, I mean, sometimes you could say it's a little more boring than, than other star action adventure things. It's not always an action adventure. But what it was kind of was kind of this like science fiction thing of like each episode or different stories would be the sort of exploration of the sort of themes that science fiction deals with. Humanity, just, uh, you know, what makes something human. And then, I mean, tons, tons and tons of different things about morality and whatnot. So I felt like Voyager still kept that going. Now, again, it may have to do with the timing because it, it was kind of the end of that arc and that era of like, you know, episodic TV from the nineties sort of thing. But like, I haven't seen that sort of thing in Star Trek afterwards. 
Like, I feel like we, when we talked about, even though Star Wars and Star Trek is kind of a false dichotomy uh, comparison, at least I felt like Rogue One, for instance, was a good updating of Star Wars, you know, while still keeping the feel of Star Wars in a certain yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I don't know if Star Trek has kept kept it again. This is without having seen plenty of this stuff since Voyager, but I felt like Voyager still kept that because because again we were talking about the two Vicks episode and plenty of these things. Do we still have that in Star Trek? Maybe it's there, and you guys can tell me that's the case. But I felt like Voyager still kept that going, you know, while you know. Yeah, I, I feel like they, they they still kept they still had this like Star Trek integrity there. Yeah. I I very much agree with that. And as much as I enjoyed Picard, I think you're spot on. Like I don't think Picard does the same thing. It, it's not structured narratively the same way that you know the classic Star Wars, Star Trek, sorry, and um and TNG and Voyager are. And I think that there's something really valuable and powerful about a framework of a sci-fi story that is not simply an action and adventure kind of thing but that is that is like taking place in a utopian future and that is like taking hard looks at you know philosophical uh sociological moral those kinds of questions um one thing i loved about voyager is that a lot of the episodes deal with spiritual and religious questions which otherwise i think is pretty i, I just that felt kind of rare I mean, I know DS9 touches on that stuff too, but I, I thought those episodes were really brilliant. And um, and also I just, I loved that there were so many awesome women in Voyager, not just Janeway. You have Vilana, you have Seven. Um, I mean, just the fact that they're not just like kick-ass in the sense of, oh, they can win in a fight, but meaning they have full-fledged personalities. I love that Vilana is an engineer and is so amazing at that. Um, like I, you know, I, I watched this as an adult, but I can only imagine the impact that this would have had on me if I had watched it as a kid. Um, and I think there's like, Ben, to what you were saying about kind of the, you know, recent Star Trek and how they've been doing it. It feels almost like there's a lack of trust in, audiences that they will be along for the ride if it's not like super actiony adventure-y mm-hmm. and I've introduced a bunch of my friends to Voyager like in just you know this year last year and it really holds up and people get super into it like I think that it trusts its audience a lot and it has really strong writing um, and really compelling characters and I, I just I just appreciate that so that's and it passes the Bechdel test amazingly. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Okay. Sam, right. do you have anything else to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm already on record as having said that Voyager is my favorite Star Trek series. Um, with the with the caveat that I haven't seen all of DS9, um, but I I don't think, I mean, like whatever. I know a lot. There, are, DS9 has its fans, Jeremy among them, but um. But like, but Voyager is actually my favorite Star Trek series, and it's the me of five years ago would have found that a very bizarre thing to say, but um, but but it's true. Um, the only other thing that I want to mention is just specifically, I mean, we haven't talked about Bellana Torres a lot, I and mean, Mia yeah. was just talking about her a little bit, but she she's a very underrated character. I feel like most 
casual Star Trek fans, like when they think of Voyager, they think of Janeway, they think of Seven, maybe they think of the Doctor. But like, Bellana Tars is a terrific character, and she's she's really interesting. And there's so many good episodes with her, or like even episodes that aren't really about her, but like that she has like such a such a fun role in, or like just a compelling role. And and I really think she's very underappreciated. Um, so just want to put that out there. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh, that's a good running around of everything. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out to the exciting world of Voyager, which is definitely, you know, uh, something of mixed interest to a lot of people. So I will say uh, nerd you later, guys. Nerd you later. Nerd you later. Nerd you later. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so cool. Of course. Welcome. You're always welcome on the podcast that I am welcome on. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed.